0: Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program the B2B Incubator. It's built for small in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategy that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the B2B Playbook podcast. Each week we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow
1: online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The
0: B2B world has
1: changed and
0: you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing.
1: We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five B's, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for.
0: We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep
1: you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, Successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.
0: Welcome back to the B2B Playbook. Listeners, we've finished season three. And before we press on to the fourth B in our five B's framework, Kevin and I wanted to circle back to our five B's framework, which is what this podcast is all about. We want to get into why Kevin and I made it, who it's for, and how you, beautiful B2B marketers, can go ahead and use it in your business.
1: Yeah, George and I have been running the podcast and talking to you listeners for the better part of 60-odd episodes, and we thought this would be a good juncture for us to just jump back and remind our listeners what the 5Bs is all about, why we started it, and how you can get the most value out of the show as well. So as George said, the first question that we want to revisit is, what is the 5Bs framework? George, we often mention the 5Bs framework in our shows. And the simple definition is it's our way of looking at how marketers can consistently drive revenue for B2B companies, and importantly, in a very sustainable way. It's based on people, not platforms, and puts the customer at the center of your marketing listeners.
0: That's it, Kev. And look, some call it demand generation. You and I just call it good, sustainable B2B marketing practices Now, when we say sustainable, we don't mean something that's ESG related. We don't mean it's good for the environment. Sorry, team, that's not what we're all about. We both think that's great and you should put time into doing that, but that's not what this podcast is about. Sustainable B2B marketing is about growing at a rate that is sustainable for your business. Now, very often there are practices out there that are tactic-based or hack-based which look to have a big uplift on a business at a point in time, and then those practices just don't turn out to be scalable. So Kevin and I break it down into okay, what does a scalable B two B strategy look like? And that's what the Five Bs framework is all about.
1: Listeners, you might notice we also call it a framework. We don't call it a you know guidebook. We don't call it a even though we title it a playbook. It's not an exact play by play. Um, step-by-step process that everyone follows in exactly the same manner. There are things that you have to adapt and fit into the framework that we try and communicate to you so that you can tailor it to your own businesses. That's really important because um, even though we do touch on different tactics here and there, we think the overarching strategy is what's important. Uh, Things that are evergreen that don't really change over time. And that's what we try and focus on in the playbook and within the framework of the five Bs. Um, So that's how you should view and use the framework that we talk about. But that aside, let's get into what the five Bs are and what they mean. The first of the five Bs is be ready, which is all about deeply understanding your customers. We apply principles like the 80-20 rule to figure out who your best customers are. And then we talk about different frameworks to figure out the positioning and messaging you should use based on your deep understanding of those dream customers. And importantly, we also touch on the concept of the dream 100, which is a principle that will help you get a deep pool of those dream customers once you've defined them.
0: Then from there, Kev, once our listeners have that deep understanding of their customers, we move to the next B in the five B's framework, and that is be helpful. And be helpful is really all about how to build relationships online by educating and entertaining. And we gave listeners a step-by-step guide as to how they can create content programs just like ours that actually don't take up um, all their time throughout the week because we know that's not sustainable. It's really about how you can lean on subject matter experts within the business to create really solid content strategies that uh, actually make a difference and actually solve the pain points of your dream customers so you build that trust and you build that relationship with them before they're ready to buy or before you ask them to buy.
1: That's very key listeners, you know, building that trust, that relationship with your potential customers before they become customers. That's really what's going to make this whole five-piece framework tick along. And as George said, it's important to be entertaining to a certain respect, particularly when it's so noisy these days with everyone trying to push out content. Setting yourself aside with really helpful content that's also entertaining is very important. And George, maybe we should bring back more of that entertainment aspect to our chats and our podcasts. You know, we haven't had um, much of a... Weekend story session uh, in recent episodes. Yeah, Kevin, I got rattled by
0: the feedback online and then I said to you, I don't know if I should keep doing my bits at the beginning, but then as you said, do you enjoy it? If you enjoy it, go ahead and do it. The people who like us will follow us. The people who don't, hey, you know what? They can skip through it or there's plenty of other B2B uh, marketing podcasts out there. Probably not quite delivering what we think we are, but people are very welcome to go and listen to something else (laughs) if they don't like us, Kevin. (laughs)
1: well listeners um we still very much care about you enjoying our show so do leave your feedback Um, but as george said um horses for courses everyone has their own favorites so the third b george be seen and that's the season that we've just finished it's all about accelerating the creation of demand and relationships and to start to close some of that demand as well We talked about ABM, but also how to use paid channels to start doing this process of accelerating your helpful content that you're putting out there so that you're also accelerating the creation of demand that we're trying to achieve. That's it, Kev.
0: Now, onto the fourth B, uh, be better. Now, what does be better mean? It's not about thinking and just trying to become better overnight. It's really about hitting that point where you've got a lot of the foundations of your B2B marketing down. You know, we've built those firm foundations. We've deeply understood our customers. We have built helpful educational content programs. We've accelerated that in BC and started to take a narrower view by using some ABM if that's right for your business. And now it's about looking at the concept of optimizing your B2B marketing and thinking about what extensions you can add on and how to approach which ones you should tackle first. So you're getting the most out of your B2B marketing. I mean, the bottom line is it's really about optimizing your workflow to cement yourself as the expert that you set out to become. And a big part of that is using the data to help you analyze and optimize, especially now you're at a scale where you actually have some data, Kevin.
1: Yeah, that's it. Um, It really needs to come at that later point after be seen because you won't have the data. You likely won't have the data to be able to action a lot of the things that live in the be better stage. But often in conversations with you know traditional players in the b2b marketing space they're coming from a bigger business so the things and tactics that they talk about are often things that rely on a lot of data that live in that be better stage but hopefully you've gotten to that point already and you're ready to dig in So that be better stage will help you figure out what to start on first.
0: And then finally, listeners, the last B in our five B's framework, be the best. And that is really about using the advanced tactics that are normally reserved for the big guys, the ones with the big budgets. So we'll be covering topics like neuromarketing and how to use some elements of neuroscience in your marketing to influence your dream customers as much as possible.
1: These are topics that As George said, the big guys are using and hopefully will help you cement yourself as a leading expert in whatever field or industry that you're in. And make sure your B2B marketing is just as leading as those at the top of the industry. So that's the listeners. That's the five Bs. Be ready, be helpful, be seen, be better, and be the best. That's our framework for looking at how marketers can consistently drive revenue for B2B companies. George, let's talk about why we created the podcast and everything that went around the 5Bs, shall we?
0: Yeah, let's do it, Kev. I mean, look, I don't know if we need to start back in our sad lawyer days, but uh, I mean, look, we may as well start there. Listeners, you might know by now, Kev and I used to be sad corporate lawyers um, working for the man. We really didn't love it. Uh, didn't find it particularly fulfilling. And we both actually had pretty keen interests in marketing before. We sold our souls to the corporate legal world. I think probably something good came from that, Kevin, for us in that it meant that we got into marketing as a career, not as a way to make money, but to go and actually do something that we really loved. And it's meant that we've been able to put absolutely everything into this journey. Now, Kevin and I, you and I met at a performance marketing agency, Sparrow, back in the day. And uh, it was really, really great there to work with Kev, who was another former lawyer, And we ran a
1: corporate team there for a couple of years, didn't we, Kev? That's right, George. We did run a team and it happened that a lot of our clients over time became B2B clients. What we found was a lot of the performance marketing strategy and tactics that we employed and got very good at didn't really work in the B2B world or as well as in the B2C world where they came from and that's where a lot of performance marketing comes from the B2C world. They're very transactional, it's very focused on ROI, which all businesses should be, um, but the response and the the rate of a data return for those practices, for strategies within performance marketing, comes back a lot quicker in the B2C world. So we found that a lot of things didn't really translate to the B2B world, and alongside this inconsistency and results in the B2B world, Uh, Another shared point in our journeys is that we grew up surrounded with businesses from our parents who were either in that B2B space or in a much smaller uh, SME space as well. Uh, So things like lack of data is issues that we are all too familiar with and we wanted to figure out a way of tackling that B2B world.
0: That's it, Kevin, with aspirations for the two of us to always have our own business one day um, when we did finally go out and you know, I went out first to, to run an agency and niche down in B2B. To be honest, became quite frustrated because I wanted to find something. We both wanted to find something that worked really well for B2B just like we were able to do for B2C. And we were so determined to really figure that out. So, Kev, as we niche down into B2B, uh, we were looking for, I guess, a playbook. We were looking for something that worked, something that would make us as good at B2B as we were in the performance world of B2C. And what we experienced is something that I think a lot of our listeners have experienced themselves. We found that we were going to websites like you know, HubSpot and really we were finding disparate parts of strategy, a lot of hacks. Um, we were finding that from following influential people on LinkedIn that you know there were some solid nuggets of information, but it was unclear when to use it or how that information tied into an overall strategy. We did a ton of reading and we were f- quite fortunate that we had our own clients to, I guess, work this out on. And then eventually, Kev, we used our legal skills to piece it all together and go, okay, we don't need to rework the wheel here. We just need to use the best of what's already out there and piece it together in a framework. So we have something that's repeatable and a framework that you can apply to each and every business in the B2B world. And that's what became the 5Bs framework. We're not reinventing the wheel. We're really just connecting the dots between what is already out there and what really is good, sustainable B2B marketing practice. So we're not tactics-based. We're not hacks based we're just good solid foundational strategy based
1: george and i went through two different journeys in our discovery and testing of the b2b framework that we've come up with you know george as he mentioned he went out and started a b2b marketing agency and really looked at how he can put those things to practice at scale with a variety of different businesses I moved in-house and went deep to try and figure out if there's more to the framework that we need to know, where's that intersection between marketing and other aspects of businesses. And as we put the five B's to work, we really started to refine it and make it a lot better and more practical for our listeners to apply and to tailor into their own businesses. And so hopefully we've had that head start in leading by example and testing the framework and we're sharing our learnings here through the podcast as well and sharing the framework so that all our listeners and everyone that we interact with will hopefully be able to take something away to their own B2B marketing strategies. And that's effectively why we created the playbook to share all our learnings and the framework.
0: All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, It's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's Basically, like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Lead Feeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. That's it, Kev. We're sharing the resource that we wish we had, right? <laughs> it was the one that we wish we had all those years ago. And so that's why we're sharing it step-by-step step for listeners. Uh, so you don't have to go through the pain at the resourcing that Kevin and I did. And um, I think you're right, Kevin. We probably have quite a unique, fortunate perspective of being both external with the agency side for myself and internal in-house, um, which is the route that you've taken. As for the B2B playbook, you know, what we're doing right here on our podcast, we're practicing what we preach, right? Like everything that we talk about on our podcast, we are doing for ourselves. It's kind of a little bit meta that way, isn't it, Kev?
1: Yeah, it definitely is Um, and, and hopefully by example we can show other businesses how to create and capture the demand for the products and services, both sides of the coin, rather than just the capture aspect that a lot of businesses and marketing strategies focus on and we can start to create demand and show that you can have both, you can do both and importantly you need to do both moving forward into the future of the marketing landscape. All
0: right, Kev, we said it's for B2B marketers, but I mean, who is the 5B's framework really for? Who did we build it for?
1: Well, listeners, this is something that George and I have discussed in quite a bit of detail and we refined over time. For now, the playbook is built for small in-house B2B marketing teams. Having said that, though, we have had a great response from all B2B marketers from different walks of life and even people in sales and business owners. But at the end of the day, we still focus in on small in-house B2B marketing teams because we believe those are the teams that need this material the most, that need this help the most. Being an in-house myself, I know the pains of having to try and figure out what I'm doing overall on a strategy level firsthand. And it's important to have a framework that you can apply and take that going in to tailor into your business. And as well, these small in-house teams are generally lacking in resources, whether that's monetary or time or even people to help them execute some of the things that we talk about or people talk about generally in the B2B marketing space. So we really gear the podcast, the framework towards that small in-house team that have limited resources but still need something to execute that they can do by themselves or with one or two other people helping them.
0: And Kev, coming at it from the other side, from the external party, the agency side, we just realized, or I realized that there's such a limitation in what agencies can truly do for your business. Now, in our experience, there are so many that promise the world and in B2B it can be very, very difficult for them to deliver. I mean, for one, Kevin, agencies never really have a subject matter expert. So, you can't build truly helpful educational content if you're outsourcing all your content to an agency. They don't truly understand the pain points of your dream customers and they don't have the expertise to answer them. So that's one major limitation. Another one is, well, we know that in that whole be helpful stage where it's all about developing relationships with educating and entertaining, well, there's no use in that relationship being developed with the agency. And the content programs that should come out should be so core to the business and the feedback that comes through them should be so core to the business that there's really no use in them being developed with a third party or at least most of that process being with a third party. So what we realized is we need to give the B2B in-house marketer the framework to set all of this up themselves and then they can just start to outsource specific tasks to those agencies, maybe lower value tasks, that uh, it's not such a big deal if they sit with a third party rather than in-house within the team. I think it all comes back to, Kevin, our view that marketing goes to the heart of a business. It is a key driver of revenue. And so that's something that needs to be aligned with the whole business. And I just think that that's something that needs to be in-house, Kevin, in our experience, Uh, from working with businesses, it really needs to be in-house. And so that's why we're here to give them the framework and the tools to do the parts that they need to do in-house and then can then outsource what doesn't need to be done in-house.
1: No, I totally agree, George. Um, As you said, marketing is at the core of a business. There's things that need to be aligned uh, with the whole business, with different departments, but importantly with the direction of the business as well. So It really needs to be done in-house for it to have the efficiency and the right alignment so that the whole framework works and the whole marketing process that a business is setting up works so george where are we in this journey now well we finished the third b be seen and be better and be the best is next that's it
0: kev and you and i basically planned out the first 100 episodes before we even started didn't we we remember we got together that afternoon at your place We wrote down our five Bs framework and we decided, okay, we're going to share this over a podcast and we probably knocked it out over half a day, I remember, and just use one row per podcast topic and we estimated it would take us about 100 episodes to get through each of these five Bs. So now we're three fifths of the way through and we're pretty much tracking on for 100 episodes, Kev
1: yeah definitely we've had some bonus content that's come in with the great interviews that we've been able to include in the show and kudos to you george for finding the vast majority of those guests Um, and they have been so insightful and so helpful for our listeners in providing some contextualization of the concepts that we talk about and bringing real examples as well as other tips and tricks from the industry from leaders in the industry to the show so we're very grateful to everyone that's been on the show and hopefully it's given a lot of value for our listeners but as you said george we're tracking on uh, probably going over 100 episodes at this rate um but excited to be along for the journey but importantly george it's not about you know 100 episodes is it We talk a lot about the first three Bs and we've hit those and they're really foundational in the five Bs framework, but the format of the show is really designed to be evergreen and serial. So the idea is that it's listened to in order, but people can regularly go back and listen to old episodes to really fill in the blanks on different gaps within the framework that they might be missing. You know, maybe... Be seen is a section that you as a listener know very well through your own experience, but be ready or be helpful has some episodes in there that that is part of a process that you haven't had too much experience with. And hopefully that will give you the value to complete that framework.
0: Every episode is an entry point into the framework isn't it, Kevin? And that's how we've designed it. That's why we take the time at the beginning of every single episode to detail where we're at in the five B's framework, how it fits into the particular part of the framework that we're talking about. Because, I mean, that's what this is all about, is being able to have that wider view, that higher view of, okay, where does this particular piece of strategy fit in a wider, consistent
1: strategy? and i think listeners it's important to fit all these different bits and pieces that you pick up along the way into that overarching framework as george and i mentioned you know when we first started this journey this process we came across all these disconnected pieces of real gold in terms of marketing but there was no overarching framework to fit all these things together you know when do i do abm how does that fit in with dream 100 concept How does everything fit together and which one should i go after first particularly as a small in-house team as a single in-house marketer in the b2b space how do i tackle all these different things and which will deliver the most value and that's what really the framework is designed to do if you follow it through in order it will give you that approach to figuring out which one should go first which one should go second and which one to look at next and by design because it's Really following that framework and step-by-step process, it's not guest-driven. And we mentioned that we've been very grateful for the guests that have come on, but generally they come on at the end of each season.
0: That's right. That was a very conscious decision of ours, wasn't it, Kevin? To only have guests at the end of each season if that guest is an expert at what we're talking about in the context of that season. So for example, season one was all about deeply understanding your customers. It's Be Ready. We had... Ryan Gibson, you know, the customer interview expert, uh, come on and talk about really, I mean, that's all this guy does. He runs expert customer interviews on behalf of businesses and shows them how to do it. So we had him come on and uh, share his own method and his own framework for running those interviews. So that was sensational in the context of that season. Um, I promise it's not from a lack of requests or difficulty in getting guests on the B2B playbook. We do get quite a few requests for people to come on the show, and we are very, very selective about who comes on. And we're not trying to be mean, but we just want to protect our listeners' time. You know, we are in service of you guys, our listeners. We very much respect and value your time. And we want to do that in the context of the 5Bs framework. So if it doesn't fit in, it's not the right time, we don't have the guest
1: on. And we're very grateful for everyone that reaches out and the guests that do come on. Um, Everyone adds value to the process. So unfortunately, we can't have everyone on the show. It is designed to communicate a framework. So often things don't fit in exactly and isn't the best fit for our listeners, as George said. So that's the only reason why we wouldn't have you on the show. But hopefully that is actually just a good example of what we talk about and be helpful. You know, the content that you put out, Much like what we do here on the podcast, it really has to fit in with delivering value to your ultimate consumers of your product or service. And in this case, the podcast, you know, we're really careful in giving helpful content that's really specific to our audience.
0: That's it, Kev. It's about remaining true to your North Star And we set that pretty early on for our business and then that made it really easy to decide whether or not someone was a good fit to come on as a guest for the show or even whether a particular topic was worth discussing as part of the B2B playbook. Now, Kev, not being a guest-driven show, I think um, it probably made life a little bit harder for us early on in terms of getting traction. Right, When you pull on guests, it's an amazing way to collaborate on content. You get exposed to their audience and it's a really great way for a podcast to grow. But we decided against that. So I think I shared our download progress for the last 12 months on LinkedIn recently in a post and it showed that things were pretty slow going for us for the first three, four, five months, Kev.
1: Yeah, it definitely was, George. But we stuck to it, didn't we? We really believed in the framework. We knew that it was gonna work. And that's something we also try to communicate and hopefully our listeners pick up is that to really be sustainable, to really build that demand generation uh, engine within your B2B marketing. You have to be patient with that at first. Uh, it's a slow process to shift over if you're from a lead gen background within the business. It takes time to validate and prove some of these points. and. By definition, if you're building relationships of trust online, that will take time. Just like a traditional relationship offline, it takes time to build trust, to bring helpful content to people's attention and for them to consume it and build that trust with you and your brand before you can actually ask for anything or ask for a sell. So it's important to keep that in mind, but just keep in mind that just like our podcast, one day it will deliver if you stick to your guns. I'll
0: never forget, uh, I think we were maybe 15 episodes in when someone reached out and it turned out we had our first hardcore listener and I met up with her in person and that was just so encouraging. The fact that someone had taken the time to listen to every single episode and one of the things she said to me was, really love the framework and I feel like I know you. It's so strange sitting down to have a coffee because I feel like I know you, I feel like I know Kevin and of course we've never ever met. And it's those kind of qualitative insights that aren't really going to be reflected in the download numbers early on that I think really spurred both of us on, Kevin. We knew that we were onto something. We just had to go and find more people like that. So don't be discouraged, listeners, not just if you're doing a podcast for any content program that you are um, marching on with. Make sure you look for the qualitative insights. They will be there if you exist to serve an audience.
1: 100% 100% George, I actually have uh, another one of those meetings lined up tomorrow. So uh, it really does pay off listeners. And it's important to focus on qualitative data as well. You know, we, we come from a performance background, we're used to focusing a lot on quantitative data, but qualitative data is probably one of the key things that we've learned to appreciate in this journey into B2B marketing.
0: Yeah, Kev, remember, because we worked with such big data sets when we we're at the performance agency, like the most data that we got from customers, I mean, we didn't even really get to use customer surveys. We were just using like brand lift surveys, which was to see, hey, based on the advertising we've been doing, has there been an uptick in recognition and recall of a certain brand? And we've gone all the way from that down to just receiving LinkedIn DMs and being like, okay, we're getting DMs still. People are telling us it's helpful. That's great. We're on the right track.
1: And it was really an important learning for us to, to get away from just quantitative data in that sense. You know, we were so lucky and privileged to have so much quantitative data. But it was to a point where it was death by data. And we didn't actually appreciate that. A lot of the times, we didn't have the context to go around that data. And we were making guesses in our own head to explain what we were seeing in the numbers. But there's no real substitute for talking to your dream customers for figuring out what are they actually thinking when they take those actions that end up being those numbers because often you're going to be wrong in how you interpret the numbers and getting that first-hand information from qualitative data from surveys that you put out from conversations that you have with your dream customers that's going to make the difference in your b2b marketing
0: And Kev, one nice little quantitative data point for us and our listeners is, look, the downloads, the number of downloads that we get, it certainly isn't everything. We definitely care about the impact that we're making. But hey, over the first year, we managed to grow our download numbers six times. So we're getting six times more downloads a month than we used to um, over the first couple of months. So. This kind of stuff tends to compound over the time. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to get six times again next year, Kev, but you know, even if we just get half that, I think we'll be pretty well placed. And uh, another great opportunity, Kev, for us to just say thank you so much to every single person who's ever given us any time of day to listen to the podcast, look at a piece of content on LinkedIn. It truly means the world
1: to us. It really does listen and we appreciate all your time. Well, George, before we get all rosy about everything, maybe let's talk about something that has changed with the framework since we started with the journey. And I have a particular one in mind um, that shows just sort of the things that we've learned along the way. We've really started to use language around demand generation, haven't we? We have, Kevin. Uh, A bit of a
0: secret is, honestly, Kevin, when we first started the 5Bs framework, I hadn't heard demand generation It was a term that's being thrown around and one that I started to hear being thrown around more and more as we got deeper into the space. You and I just were trying to do good, sustainable B2B marketing. It turns out that there's this movement that's really being ushered in the US and probably in Europe as well called demand generation. And it's basically what we're doing. So we've adopted that term. It hasn't really made its way into the name of our show. It hasn't even really made its way into the tagline, but is a way of explaining, I guess, a little bit faster to those who are already aware of Demand Gen um, what it is that we talk about on this show, what the five beats framework really is all about.
1: Yeah, it's another way of connecting the dots for our listeners. You know, you will probably come across. The concept of demand generation along the way and we really try to contextualize it in terms of a simple framework that really goes back to first principles of understanding what b2b marketing really should be doing and as you said george it's not something that we were aware of when we started the journey we're just trying to figure out how b2b marketing works as a whole and it just so happens that demand generation is by and large what we landed in but we'd like to think that we're adding a layer of nuance into that concept into putting it into a framework that works from beginning to end for any B2B marketing business. All right, Kev, well, we talk a
0: lot about the 5Bs framework. How can people actually act on our 5Bs framework?
1: Well, there's a few easy ways in. First and foremost is, of course, listening to the podcast, and listeners, you are already doing that. So kudos to you for taking the first step. And thank you very much for giving your time to the podcast again. But it's important also to take notes and start to action some of the things we talk about, you know, go back to be ready, go back to be helpful and start building the foundations of your B2B marketing strategy. It might be that your engine for B2B marketing already has some of those elements that we talk about, um, but perhaps you're missing one or two cogs here and there. And it's a great way to go back and fill in those gaps with just listening to some of the relevant episodes from the podcast. Yeah, the podcast is
0: certainly the freeway and Kev, look, we give away, I would say at least 70% of everything we know on the podcast. For those who don't have the time to go back through every episode uh, and listen to Kevin and I drone on for, what is it Kev, 63, 64 episodes about those first three Bs and taking notes and uh, trying to apply every single step that we talk about into their business, we have a program, Kev, called the B2B Incubator which is where you and nine other B2B marketers go through. You get these, the 5B strategy, you get the templates, the tools, and you go ahead and start to implement this 5B framework in your business over 12 weeks. And so it's a resource that you're going to be able to take with you, not just to implement in the business that you're working in now, but also to take with you into any job in the future. You know, it's not tactics-based, it's not hacky-based. It's about having a framework that works and that is evergreen over the long term. And so that's our way of giving that to people who are ready to implement it right now.
1: There you have the listeners. You can find us through the podcast and action the 5B's framework by listening along in the podcast. But also you can find us through the B2B incubator where we give you a little bit more hands-on help to get you started on your B2B marketing journey. Very good, Kev. Well, Listeners, that's the five Bs. That's a little bit more insight into
0: Kevin, myself, and why we've actually gone ahead and built this. I don't think we've really spoken about this much, Kev, ever since maybe episode one that we recorded a year ago on our iPhones. Awful quality. And I think hopefully we're a little better at this than we were a year ago.
1: Yeah, hopefully a little easier on our listeners ears. But as you said, George, that's the five Bs. That's why we created it and how to get the most value out of it. And listeners, next week, we'll be starting the fourth B in the five B's framework, which is be better. And that's, again, all about how to optimize your B2B marketing so that you can start building those extra extensions and optimizations on your B2B marketing strategy and practice to make it even better.
0: We'll link to the uh, the B2B incubator. In the show notes, listeners, uh, you can just go to theb2bincubator.com and find it. Or if you go to our other website, the B2B Playbook, where we host the podcast, there's plenty of links to it from there. We are so grateful, Kev. It's time to get sappy. We're so grateful that each week more and more marketers are tuning into the B2B Playbook. They really are. And it's so wonderful to see people who have stuck with us really over the course of a whole year. And it's so wonderful to hear new people coming in, joining us and letting us know that it's helping make a difference in their day-to-day as a B2B marketer. Uh, if Kevin I can ask one thing, it would be to just please let someone else know about the podcast who you think you could find it helpful. Um, reviews are really nice too, but I would much prefer if you just told someone about it. That would be fantastic. It's a huge help to us and we really, really appreciate it. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Kevin. Take care and see you next week. Thanks, George. Thanks, listeners.
1: Take care and see you next week.
0: A quick note before you go, listeners. You can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure
1: to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook.
0: We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode
1: next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.